0: Good morning and welcome to the Best in Tech 2009. We'd like to thank all of the vendors for being here today and all of the volunteers from the Center for the Partial Sighted and the NFB chapter. I'd like to give you I know that there's probably many people in the room that know about the National Federation of the Blind. This event is co-sponsored by the National Federation of the Blind of California San Fernando Valley Chapter. So I thought I would give a little bit about the NFB for those who may not know. The organization was started in 1940 by a blind person named Jacobus Tenbrook, who felt that blind people would need a collective voice in Congress, as well as to advocate for the rights for the blind, and to ensure equal opportunity for in all facets of life. This has been done on many levels and... The way that we do this is by bringing blind and sighted people together to share stories, to network, and to, to give information to disseminate about blindness and, and let people know that blindness is not the, the tragedy that they think it is and that blind people can live a, a very active and healthy lifestyle. The National Federation of the Blind is organized on the local level such as the San Fernando Valley Chapter. It's organized on the state level, the National Federation of the Blind of California, and we have affiliates in every state, including Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia. We also are organized on the national level with our headquarters being in Baltimore, Maryland. We have many, many programs that take place uh, too numerous for me to talk about this morning. We would, wouldn't be able to get to all the presenters, and we know, we know we don't want to do that. So, um, But what I would like to do is let you know that there are a couple of things. One is called the Newsline for the Blind, and that is a program that people can access over 300 newspapers by picking up the telephone and calling into a local phone number. You could also receive newspapers in your inbox, as well as Connect your Victor Reader stream to the computer and instantly receive the newspaper on your Victor Reader stream and take it with you to work. <clears throat> we also have been active on legislative wise uh, recently we <clears throat> had a, uh, a lawsuit against Target.com that uh, basically we wanted to make sure that blind people and visually impaired people could access the target.com website so that they could do their shopping from their home Um, and that was a very successful lawsuit we also are looking into making airlines accessible as well I mean not airlines airline websites I'm sorry um, as well as the ticket kiosks in the airport so that you can access those like any sighted person and be able to be on your way in in an instant As I said, there are so many programs and so numerous things to talk about the NFB. Uh, We do have an NFB table here in the room with the vendors so that if you have other questions and would like to stop by later, you can uh, stop by there. We have literature. You can ask us questions, and we'd be happy to tell you more about the National Federation of the Blind, where a local chapter might be, and how you can get involved. And with that, I'd like to turn it over to Dr. Takesha for information on the Center for the Partially Cited. Thank
1: you, Robert. And for those of you who don't know him, that was uh, Robert Steigel, and he's the president of the San Fernando Valley chapter of the NFB. But again, I'd like to thank our corporate sponsors, uh, Enhanced Vision Humanware and ABIC, and all the vendors for actually allowing this event to happen. It's been almost five years since I first got interested in technology. That was when I attended the first CSUN conference uh, of my experience, and that was when I started to lose my vision. For all of my life, I had 20-20 eyesight, but I developed, unfortunately, a retinal disease, and I was looking for information about what kind of technology might be helpful to allow me to maybe get back to work and to enjoy things, and I went to the CSUN conference and I was so amazed. For four days, I went to classes and attended probably a couple of hundred booths. But when I left there, I was even more confused. There was so much information that I didn't know what to do. I didn't know which particular types of technology was so new and which was experienced and very, very uh, productive types of equipment. So I said, if there was only an event that I could talk to some of the experts in the field of low vision and actually try it. So for the last four years, I've been playing this around in my mind. And fortunately, this year... We're proud to, very proud to announce the first of Best of Tech, and this is something that we plan to do every year. So, for this particular inaugural meeting, what I'd like to do is I'd like to dedicate this to the late Sam Janinski. Many of you have the pleasure, yes, amen. Many of you have had the opportunity to meet Dr. Janinski, and all of those of you who have met him, you know that he truly is responsible for much of what's happened. For people who are blind and visually impaired. For those of you who don't know Dr. Janitsky, I would like to just tell a little bit about him. When he was born, he had perfect eyesight for about one minute. At birth, the doctors put undiluted silver nitrate in his eyes and it burnt up his cornea. It left him totally blind in one eye, and his other eye was twenty-two thousand. And as he grew up in the nineteen thirties, he went to the school for the blind and he learned Braille. But he had some remaining vision. With 22,000 vision, he could put a paper at the end of his nose and read. And he told his teachers that he wanted to use his vision. Why not? It works, he said. And he went on to make a real impression on so many people because he actually went on to earn a Ph.D. in applied mathematics and physics. Now, how many of you could say that you did that even when you have vision? But to make things even more impressive, he earned these degrees from Harvard University and Brown. That is something that is so impressive. So he was really one of those who let the world know that just because you're visually impaired doesn't mean that you have to do some type of manual labor. He then came out to the West Coast and worked at RAND. And he decided that there really needs to be a place specifically for people who are partially sighted. There's organizations specifically for people who are blind, and we know there's tremendous amount of care for people who have normal vision so in 1978 he opened up the center for the partially sighted the name itself describes exactly what it does and it was the first organization that had the comprehensive model dr janinski had that model he had that vision so he gathered the best optometrists who knew how to make specialized glasses for people with subnormal vision he brought in psychologists who were trained specifically to help people with vision impairment. He hired orientation and mobility teachers. He hired independent living skills teachers and caseworkers to help people who are visually impaired to move on with their life and to be successful. And today, this model that the Center for the Parsi cited has is a model that's respected throughout the world. Throughout the world, people are using the center as their model to create low vision centers. And if Sam were here today, he'd be very happy to see how Dr. Ringarin and Dr. Amaral, they just opened our fourth and our fifth centers, one in Pasadena, Eagle Rock area, and another one, coincidentally, just next door right here on Sepulveda and Sentinela in Culver City. But Dr. Janinski just wasn't only a leader in that area of low vision. He's actually responsible for much of the technology that you see here today. He was the inventor of the CCTV. He devised a device that could actually focus onto the paper and display it on a monitor, and people would be able to read. And today, people come to our center constantly asking us, what is the best CCTV available? And for 2009, what I would say is that there is no single best CCTV. There's many that are the best. We find that everything that we're going to talk about today with all of our speakers... These are things that's going to be their impression, their opinion, but in some ways they might be a little different than you. For example, some person might like a particular device because they like the texture, the way that it feels a little better, but you may not like it that way. Or another person might have a hearing problem and they might choose one device and you might hear a different device better. But... The people that we have on the panel today are truly some of the most respected people in the field of adaptive technology. And we're going to go ahead and begin with our first speaker, who is Ms. Raquel DeCepeda. And Raquel, she is actually the Secretary of the National Federation of the Blind, and she is also the volunteer coordinator of the Volunteer Association of Los Angeles. Now how many of you here have cell phones? I know that we all usually can't leave our home without our phone, right? Everybody has a cell phone. Clap your hands, please. I always like to do that because it makes me feel like people like my speech, you know. (laughs) But everybody who has a cell phone, if you would be kind enough to turn it off, or put it on vibrate mode. And what Raquel is going to talk about are some of the software programs that allow people with low vision to use these different types of cell phones. So. Raquel Desipeda.
2: okay, thank you, Dr. Bell. My name is Raquel Desipeda, and I am going to talk to you a little bit about the um, screen reading applications available um, to use for um, cell phones. today's mobile phones um, can do more much more than just uh letting you make phone calls or uh, send simple text messages. Now, Nowadays cell phones, they have um calendar, they have a to-do list, they have, um, you can access your email there. Uh, there's web browser, there's um, MP3, and some of them has radios, FM radios, send them to, and some of them has built-in GPS as well. And so, as a blind person, you probably wonder, okay now, Yeah, they they have that, so how how could a blind person use uh, those type of technology? There are two screen-reading applications that are now available that we could use so we can be, so to speak, just just like the sighted people. And these screen-reading applications are MobileSpeak and Talks. MobileSpeak is manufactured by Code Factory. Uh, They're based in Spain and then Talks is also, I think, based in Europe. And um, these two applications, you can install them on your cell phones. Um, the mobile speak could be installed onto a Symbian phone. Symbian phones are usually the, the the ones that you use or you can get with AT&T and T-Mobile. And they also have um, mobile speak for Windows Mobile, and those are for like Verizon and Sprint, and um, they also have MobileSpeak for Blackberry, called Orator, and then, um, so MobileSpeak runs with uh, DeckTalk speech, that's the most popular voice that they use. DeckTalk, if you guys remember DeckTalk, that was one of the oldest voice that, that we have on our computers. When when screen reading first came out, and then TalkS TalkS is made by Nuance, and um, it it's actually right now you can only install it in Symbian phones. They're more popular in Symbian phones, and then they're now developing a program for Windows mobile phones. And TalkS um, is mainly their their most popular voice is the eloquence, just like the ones that you use for your computer if you're a JAWS user. And um, they also have some other voices, uh, Real Speak and Vocalizer. Um, so, yes, the, these two screen reading programs, you can install them on your phones and just be um, – and then you can access your phones, your calendar, um, your to-do list. Uh, like for me personally – this um, screen reading programs had been very helpful. Um, actually, I have both of them on my phone installed. Um, I started with mobile Speak, and then and then later on I switched to Talks. Um, um, you know, it, they had been very helpful. Um, now I can do uh, my to-do list, my calendar, especially nowadays when I am so busy I have too many things in my head. And... Um, I have to you know, put myself an alarm so that I can remember what I have to do for the next hour or whatever. Um, and then you can access that, you, know, you can access your phone internet as well with these two programs. And um, if you are interested in getting mobile speak, I think at and has a program where you can um, purchase mobile speak um, as long as you purchase a phone with them. And I'm not sure, it's kind of discounted rate. And then, um, and Verizon also. I think they are now. Um, you, they are. They just now came out with talks of the, with the um, Ozone phone, and the, yeah, the HTC Ozone. So anyway, so those are the two um, screen reading applications that you could use for your phone. And if you have more questions, I can. Um, I will be here at the front later.
1: Well, thank you, Raquel. And that's what we'll have. All of the speakers will be available at the end, so about 11 o'clock. If you have uh, individual questions, you could come up. Raquel also said you could email her at Raquel, R-A-C-Q-U-E-L-M-D-29 at Hotmail.com. Now, for those of you who don't have paper, also, we'd also like to thank Airs LA, Mr. Dick Burden and Jack Colefield from Airs LA. They will be recording this, so if you want to refer back to it, you could go to www.airs.la and Airs.la has thousands of podcasts designed specifically for people who are visually impaired. One day I was actually uh, in our office at our Tarzana office in the San Fernando Valley and I heard a patient who was actually inside of our reception area and I couldn't understand. I could hear this computerized voice. First I heard a text message being read. Next thing, I heard it say, you have mail. The next thing, I heard him surfing the internet because it was Google. The next thing, it was a GPS. And I said, what is going on here? And I went out there and it was our next patient. And it was a gentleman by the name of Julian Vargas. And Julian Vargas, I have never met a person who knows more about cell phones. And anytime I have a patient who has questions about it, I will refer them to Mr. C. That's what I call him, Mr. C. And so Julian Vargas is going to talk to us about his little James Bond cell phone that could do virtually everything but make a cup of starbucks coffee so julian vargas
3: i'm working on that one by the way and when i get that perfected we're going to go into partnership with starbucks it's going to be awesome <laughs> anyway uh, i want to thank you all guys for uh, coming here and uh, talking tech with us it's a great subject um to pick up where raquel left off about these cell phones uh, it's truly amazing the opportunities that having access to a cell phone really opens up in terms of being connected professionally and socially. Um, two things now I definitely never leave the house without, and that's my cane and my cell phone. And there have actually been times that I've forgotten the cell phone and have to run back and nearly missed buses because of it, but it's got to go with me because it does so much for me. Uh, aside from giving me information about who's calling and access to my call logs, access to my uh, calendars, to-do lists, text messaging, email, web surfing, etc. It also uh, lets me run several apps. We've all heard that term now, apps, you know. There's an app for this, there's an app for that. Well, um, for those of us that are visually impaired, uh, there are some very important apps that uh, open up doors and and grant us access to things that were previously uh, not accessible. For example, uh, the first app I'm going to talk to you guys about is called the KNFB Reader Mobile. Uh, This uh, came about as a collaboration between uh, Ray Kurzweil and the National Federation of the Blind, who uh, put together uh, this little device. Um, It used to be, well, I mean, some of you I'm sure know about Kurzweil Readers and how big they used to be back in the day. And through the years, they've gotten progressively smaller, thanks to miniaturization. Uh, when the first KNFB reader came out, uh, it actually was a PDA with a five-megapixel camera attached to the back of it. It was kind of big and a little clunky, but yet, compared to uh, the old way of doing it, it was uh, it was a tremendous innovation. Well, a uh, little bit further down the road, uh, they got the idea to use cell phones. Cell phones, after all, now almost all come with cameras built into them. And uh, as we get more and more into the age of smartphones, the processor speeds gets faster, memory storage gets uh, easier to come by. And now we can have the power of reading printed material in the palm of our hands, literally. And I'm going to demonstrate to you a little bit the KNFB Reader Mobile. I'm going to try to fire it up here. Screensaver Offline. Reader.
4: Hello, I'm
3: with the KNR Fear Eater Mobile. Okay, here we are. Image <whistles> capture. Sounds like any other application. But let's say, for example, you're at an event such as this, and you pick up a flyer, and you want to know what's on this flyer. You could try to find someone around to read it to you, or you can have access to this little device, and simply by positioning the phone at a certain angle
5: over it, Taking picture. Processing picture in books, articles, and labels format. Camera seven degrees counterclockwise relative to the page. X cut off on bottom and left. Okay, so I didn't get a great shot, but... For the partially cited www.low-vision.ora. Check. Date. RIN POUNDS NTO slash 5 POUNDS C POUNDS if 0 POUNDS. <laughs> Vision loss changes the way you see. Don't let it change the way you live. Has many causes, including diabetes, macular, glaucoma, and stroke. If your vision can't be medicine, surgery, or regular glasses, low vision will help you use your remaining sight more, and is to provide open help. Image capture.
3: So there you go, that gives you an idea. I mean, you gotta play with it a little bit. Uh, this is a little awkward because I've got a cable hooked up to it to put it through the sound system, which adds weight and sort of changes the dimension of how I hold it. But uh, you read enough of that to kind of get an idea of what's on this flyer. And some of these flyers can sometimes contain phone numbers and other important information that uh, you might want to have access to later. Well, let's say uh, you come home, uh, you open your mailbox, you get your mail, and uh, you find a letter there. And you don't have someone available to you at the moment who can read you this letter. Well, this is another uh, great handy dandy use for this device. You simply position your letter here,
5: and uh, again, Pull the reader over it. Taking picture. Processing picture in books, articles, and labels format. Camera's 12 degrees counterclockwise relative to the page. No text found. Whoa. Image capture. Okay. Text cut off Oh,
3: now I know that there's text here. <laughs> Image capture. It just wants to be a little temperamental. So we'll try it again. Taking picture.
5: Processing picture and books, articles, and labels format. is three degrees counterclockwise relative to the page. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Images upside down. You heard that? State of California, apartment Listen. of finance payee data record STD. 204 Rev 6-2003 Reverse Requirement to complete payee data record STD 204 A completed payee data record STD 204 Is required for payments to all non-governmental entities And will be kept on its state agency Since each state agency with which you do business Must have a separate STD Canceling. Okay, wait. as you see that's a very important letter oh.
3: That perhaps requires a-, a, requires a timely response And if you don't have access to someone who can read this to you uh, you might uh, find yourself in a little bit of trouble. By the way, I deliberately put that paper upside down because I wanted to show you that it gives you this useful information because let's say you want to hand this paper to somebody. Maybe you want to hand it to them the right way for them to read it. By the reader telling you that the image was upside down, it's, it's very useful to know. So uh, that's among one of the, the many things that it does. It's also a currency identifier. So you can literally hold a... it'll. It'll identify uh, US currency and uh, tell you what the denominations are. Uh, A couple of other brief things I wanted to tell you about uh, that I do with my phone is GPS navigation. uh, For the Symbian platform, which is what my phone runs, there are two programs. One, which is a uh, program that you buy, it's called Wayfinder Access. Um, uh, What that is, is a modified uh, program called Wayfinder that's been especially adapted so that it's uh, screen reader friendly. And it can be used to navigate, to find information about businesses and things nearby, which can be quite useful, especially when you're in an unfamiliar area. The other program I use is something called Lodestone GPS, which some of you might have heard of. It's a free program, which is always good. Free is a good word. A little complicated to get working. It doesn't do navigation, but it does something very good, and that is that it gives you very quick and easy access to information, like what intersection you're nearby. This comes in extremely handy when you're on a bus and you don't know if the driver's going to call your stop or if their uh, navigation system, which doesn't work half the time, is going to tell you what your stop is. This uh, this has saved my life many times. <laughs> so uh, that's a lot of things that I do with this device. It's I, I call it my, uh, my Swiss Army knife of uh, of life. So... Uh, something to think about, something to enjoy, and uh, it's all thanks to the uh, innovation of this assistive technology. Thank you, Julian. And remember, uh, if you want to get in touch with uh,
1: Mr. Cellular, his email is uh, Mr. C, M R 1818 at gmail.com. And, yes, the uh, upgrade to the KNFB Mobile has definitely been a major improvement for 2009. But GPS has really become very, very important this recent year. And we now know that there's more and more GPS systems that are available for people who are blind and partially sighted. I also am very grateful to the fact that GPS systems have improved, even for people who are sighted. You know, since the loss of my vision, my wife has to drive me around. And even though she could see, she can't see where to go. She just doesn't know her way around. So these GPS systems are something that's really very helpful. And our next speaker is probably one of the most skilled and most knowledgeable persons that I've ever met in the area of blind products. He is the director, coordinator of the Davidson Center of Independent Living at the Junior Blind of America. He's lectured throughout the country on technology. And he's also the person that we always have to thank because he's the one who makes these manuals that the corporations make. He consolidates it, makes it something that's easy to understand. So, without further ado... Mr. Bob Sweetman.
6: Thank you. Well, um, actually, I'm the computer coordinator at Junior Blind, and so I get to play with all this technology. It's a lot of fun. What I've spent a lot of time on in recent years is GPS, and a lot of people who haven't used GPS much before say, uh, "Say, what is GPS? What, what value is it to me as a blind person? Well, basically, the GPS stands for Global Positioning System, and it makes use of... The uh, 24 uh, satellites that orbit the Earth in geosynchronous orbit at, that are put up by the military. Now, each of these satellites cost $90 million. We're able to piggyback onto that technology and uh, and not have to come up with the, the cost of that, which is really amazing. <laughs> the, uh, the GPS can basically pinpoint your position on the Earth at any point within, within 10 to 15 feet which is pretty amazing, and when you combine that with the huge databases that have been developed of, first of all, maps showing all the streets, and then the businesses, for example, Sendero GPS has approximately 15 million points of interest in the United States and Canada, and with those points of interest are the addresses, the telephone numbers, and, and uh, information that you would need... At, to locate those businesses, for example, in planning trip down here, I uh, I remembered that the meeting was going to be at the uh, Radisson in Culver City. With that information uh, from my home, I could put in the uh, do a city search using uh, BrailleNote GPS. I'm I'm using the uh, the uh, BrailleNote Apex, and um, and I put in the search. I put in the search and, and basically found the city, put myself there virtually, went into what's called virtual mode, meaning that you can be looking around a town, for example, even when you're not there. I did a search then for Radisson and uh, found the Radisson Hotel, and and the information I got, I, I quickly got the address. Yeah, the address is all in there. 61601 West Sentinel Boulevard, Culver City, 90230. Phone 310-649-1776. That was all in the in the GPS. Uh, basically, all available using the GPS. So I'm going to do a quick demonstration of that. Um, basically, once I've got that address, I said, "Well, what kind of restaurants are around there?" Well, I just uh, can. Cannot... Menu. Yeah, there it goes. I'll slow it down a little bit.
5: Rate nine. Rate eight. Rate seven. Rate eight.
6: And um, then I'm going to go into GPS.
5: Sendero GPS version 6.2 build 307 Apex. 90 trial days remaining. Six maps loaded.
6: Okay, Bluetooth now um, is
5: currently off. Go to your keys on. This
6: uh, this Apex is kind of neat. It's got uh, eight gigabytes of RAM uh, memory. So I just copied the maps of Calif- map of California into its memory. Um. And you can come by and, and look at it at the booth. It's got uh, built-in Bluetooth, and it also uh, is very thin. It's, it's, uh, it only weighs 1.8 pounds, but has a 32-cell Braille display. So I can check to see a. if I'm near where I think I am.
5: Exiting GPS. Oh. Main menu. Oops. Sendero GPS version 6.2. Build 307 Apex. 90 trial days remaining.
6: It's loading the map again. I accidentally tol- forgot Six to tell it to go into virtual mode.
5: Bluetooth is currently off. Go to your virtual mode.
6: Okay. Now...
5: Near 6161 West Sentinella Avenue.
6: So now I can do a search.
5: Category. Arrive near destination.
6: I'm going to pop- press R restaurant. restaurant and press Restaurant. 15 Andrew.
5: of 20. Restaurant chosen. Subcategory. All. I'm going one to of press a- for one time. twenty nine. M for Mexican. Mexican. And press enter. Twen- Mexican chosen. Enter starting distance for the police search.
6: And I want to see all of them that are around, so I'll just press enter.
5: Search direction, full circle.
6: And I'll look one at a full nine. circle. You can search like if I when I was doing a search for the Culver City, I searched south. I knew it was south, but I don't I didn't don't know where the restaurants are here, so I'll just do a full circle search. Press enter. Full circle chosen.
5: Search field. Name. I'll search One by of name. 16. Name chosen. Enter poi search string or press enter for nearest points.
6: So I'm going to type in, I'm just going to press enter
5: to see all the restaurants. Creating boy list. Place found. River Fresh Mexican grill. SMO and I can Vita. scroll down. Cavalry Mexican. On the border Mexican drill. Center Doctor Number Sign 102, so One Hundred Two Los Angeles. Three of details. On the details.
6: First Mexi- of all, I want to check the phone number so I can make a reservation.
5: Three one O six six five oh nine nine four five. And it's
6: displaying in Braille three one oh six six five oh nine nine four. I can see the address. Six
5: thousand eighty one address. Six eighty one Center Doctor number sign one hundred two street.
6: Center drive uh, suite 102. Uh, so, uh, anyway, that kind of information is pretty handy. I'll exit the details.
5: Details closed.
6: Set it as a destination.
5: Destination set to on the border Mexican grill.
6: And Exiting make, boy list. make a pedestrian route by pressing the letter R followed by commands
5: Commands list. Creating pedestrian route. Route created. Arrive near beginning of routeway point
6: 1. And then I can track through the route. First of all, I want to know what side the street's going to be on when I get So I can press the letter D.
5: 0.38 miles ahead on the border, Mexican.
6: And I can walk through the route.
5: 855 feet, waypoint 2, W a, decibel, Vita, a des a des Turn slight right on South Sepulveda Bull, 0.20 miles, waypoint 4, Center, a des Turn left on Center Drive, heading east.
6: Arrive near destination. And I've arrived. So, uh, that kind of information is very useful to have. What platform would you
5: use? What What platform,
6: a lot of people say, what platform uh, should I use? Because the Sendero GPS now runs on uh, the Braille Node, the Voice Node, the Braille Sense, the Voice Sense, and on uh, the PacMate, and also on the Mobile GL cell phones. And so uh, a lot of people say, what platform should I use? Well... Um, first of all, there's a few things you'd want to consider. Have you used uh, that a, a Braille node or a PacMate before? If so, you'd probably want to get the GPS for the product that you're familiar with. Um, if you're considering whether or not you want Braille output, you need to consider the cost. Braille is, it tends to be quite a bit more expensive, um, but very valuable because it gives you very important information as far as spelling and whatnot. For example, when I first got my GPS, I'd always thought in and out uh, restaurants was in and out. And I'm looking at it and I go, oh, in, dash, small n, out. And I go, oh, I've been spelling it wrong all this time. Or Rite Aid. Who would have thought you'd spell Rite Aid, R-I-T-E? Uh, yeah, and 7-Eleven. So, so basically it gives you not only location information but also it, uh, literacy as far as signage, which is important if you 're writing a letter and you 're talking about uh, someplace and spelling it wrong so also in, in in and I always tell people try it out for example uh, if you're, if you're deciding whether to get a cell phone or a braille note. Try them both out and decide which one you're most comfortable with. The cell phone is kind of a mix of of, of, of Windows and, and a cell phone and, and can be a little bit complicated to use, but is very powerful. Um, on the other hand, the, the BrailleNote, for example, would give you Braille information. Training considerations. when Whenever you're using GPS, uh, keep it simple. In other words, I always tell people start by browsing if you're using a device like a braille note or a pacmate use uh, tra- browse in virtual mode and get comfortable with the way it works uh then uh whenever you're traveling in a car or a bus take the gps with you and, and practice with it you may not you may know where you're going i always have mine on on the way to work for example but you're then when you really need it you'll you'll be familiar with it, and it will really be able to work for you. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for your time. If, if you need information on the uh, funding sources under the Tax Reform Act, send Sue a note, sue at sweetmansystems.com, drop by our booth, and uh, take a look at the different devices. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Bob. It's sort of an uh, injustice. Uh, Bob could probably talk for the whole week and teach us so much more there. And again, I think one of the really exciting things that's the best in tech for 2009 has been HumanWare's release of the Apex this weekend. And so it will be available for you to try at the booth on your left. That's Sweetman Systems. If you have questions for Bob, you could email Bob bob at Sweetmansystems.com. Also, another very exciting thing that's just been released, which is the best of tech for 2009, HumanWare also released the Intel Reader. So I encourage you to go check that out. It's a very, very neat device there that I had the opportunity to test try, and it really, uh, really makes things very, very accessible. Our next speaker is uh, Mr. Ken Metz. And as we're on the subject of different types of note-takers and things, Ken has his opinions on what's the best note-taker for 2009. And Ken, a lot of you might know Ken. Ken's probably helped so many of you. He was a counselor at Department of Rehabilitation he was employed over at the Junior Blind of America. He's now retired, but I think Ken now has a radio show and a cooking show, and he tells me he's the best blind bowler in the world too. So, Ken bets.: Thank you. I, I think the word is
7: bowler, but we'll <laughs> we'll let that one go. Um, good morning i 'm um, really pleased to talk, and actually it came out a little while ago, although the new braille sense and i 'm going to talk about the voice sense the new Braille sense did come out in 2009, so we will be able to at least uh, get into the right uh, category and the right company. but i 'm using the voice sense. Um, braille is actually to me the best means of reading and literacy for a blind person, number one um, Unfortunately, sometimes when you get diabetes, even if it's type 2, you get a little bit of of, uh, neuropathy. And I think the worst part about getting the diabetes for me was the fact that I couldn't read Braille as fast. I used to be a very fast Braille reader. And unfortunately, I've had to slow down with it because of the neuropathy. So I went to the next best thing, and that was the voice sense as far as getting a note taker. I have, for me, I have used the Braille Note in, in, in its classic form, and I, obviously there are some uh, new creations with the Apex and everything that are just fantastic. Um, I've uh, I've seen the Pack made. I have not played with it. Uh, I go back originally to the old Braille and Speak and the Braille Light, and if it weren't for <laughs> if it weren't for machines like that. Uh, we I don't know where we'd be in No takers but I, that was certainly the beginning of the beginning for us. And I say it that way because who knows what's to come. Um, I went to the Voice Sense that is sold here by GW Micro. And um, I went to it because of a couple of things. A, uh, the weight. It weighs just about a pound, if that. And probably with the case, it weighs a pound. Uh, it still has a Braille-type keyboard. This particular one does not come with a QWERTY keyboard. The Braille sense does, but not the voice sense. Um, I think the speech is certainly as good as any of the others because they all use a very similar type of platform as far as the sound goes. Now, compared to those of us who could remember the days of the old Echo or Votrax, Votrax, uh, Votrax. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> so it's come a long way, baby, as they used to say. Um, It it is a small machine. I find when I'm going out somewhere and I want to use the GPS, which I also have in there, which is Sendero, and I'm waiting for the update. Um, (laughs) um, But when, when I'm using it or if my wife and I go out, I don't want to carry something large with the Braille display and all that. That's just my thing. Uh, if I'm wearing a suit or sport jacket, this little thing will fit in the pocket. I can, uh, put it wherever it needs to go and really keep it out of the way. And when it's in a pocket, I don't put it down somewhere at a restaurant and then forget to take it when I leave. And, uh, and I know those things have happened to people and it's, it's just very difficult. So to me, if I can keep it attached to my, to my body or with it somehow, I won't forget it. Um, the VoiceSense also has a built-in Wi-Fi. It has word processing. It has um, it has a media, so you can also read your Daisy books. Um, as I say, I have the GPS, and and it has calendar functions, planner functions, different things that you can do. So for me, I just found that this particular device is uh, something that I enjoy. It has uh, eight. Eight gigabyte of built-in uh, memory, and then I also have a flash memory card and an SD card in it. So, in essence, you can really put over 60 uh, gigabytes of, of space on this machine with the other added cards. So, for a little little machine that's probably an inch inch and a quarter thick, and about uh, three by five, close to that. Maybe 3 by 6. Um, it's it's a nice little unit. I'm going to turn it on and at least let you hear what it sounds like. And I didn't hook it up to the other, so I'm going to just try and see how this will work here. you got to first of all know how to plug it into the right hole here, too. Voice volume. Voice volume. Voice volume. Voice volume. Yeah, I think that'll sound better. Now I'm going to at least play something in here. with Top of document. This, This is a test.
5: I am showing you the...
7: Let me do with the other control.
5: This right. is a test. I am showing you the voice sense. This machine is really neat, especially during the time you either don't read braille or for the time you just want to go out for dinner and use the GPS system, which is optional. This braille sense is under a pound in weight, and for those who wish to use the GPS, it'll fit in a jacket pocket or even a small purse. It is great being at this technology, the voice sense, and I want to wish all of you a most happy Thanksgiving and holiday season.
7: Should have been season, but anyway, we're there. Um, it's, uh, so, so, when I look at this, when it comes to taking notes and, and just carrying it around, it, there are some advantages to, to miniaturization. Um, also, if you don't have the Braille Sense, and what I did, I didn't bring that with me, but I did buy the Sync Braille, which is a separate Braille display, 20 cell Braille display that you can get that works with the Voice Sense and actually will work with, um, your other PCs, at least until Jaws 11. I haven't tried it on there yet, um, and I won't go into that because you guys have all heard the stories there. So I don't know if it works with Jaws 11. But up until through Jaws 10, it did work with Jaws, works with window eyes, and certainly works with the voice sends. Um I think if you really want something that you can get, quick use of when you need it and just grab it quickly, turn it on, have a file in there where you need to write messages, notes, or even dissertations and then print them out, put them in a file, put a a thumb drive in there, put uh, an SD card in there, put it on whatever you need. You have total compatibility using that with a PC. So I, uh, for me, I happen to totally enjoy using the voice sense. I'll answer any questions if you need after this is over. I'll be here until about 1130. I got a little more time, Dr. Bill. So I'll be here until about 1130 and uh, be happy to help you. And email is kenmetz, K-E-N-M-E-T-Z at sbcglobal.net. And look forward to talking to you. Thanks. Sue Sweetman, do you, do you carry the uh, voice sense? Okay,
1: so you can take a look at that after. That'll be fantastic. Uh, also in 2009, I think that we've really seen one of the most popular types of pieces of technology has been the iPhone. And with everybody using the iPhone, the question is, is this a device that's actually accessible for people who are partially sighted or people who are blind? And so the person that we have... To speak about the iPhone today is the world famous Louis Herrera. I know the first time that I I actually sort of met Louis was actually I was listening to the radio, you know, when I lost my sight I started listening to a lot of talk radio, uh-huh. and I like to listen to Leo Laporte, and there was this guy who called, and I was just it kind of caught my attention because he had said that he was blind, and then this guy started knowing. Much more than Leo, I said this guy should have his own show, and <laughs> lo and behold, it happens to be Louis Herrera. Louis consults throughout the country for the VA administration and so many other different types of places. So, if you ever have to ask a question, have you ever tried dot 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 dot? dot ask Louis because Louis <laughs> tried it. Louis Herrera.
8: Wow. Where was all this technology when I built my first computer? My goodness. Good morning. Uh, It's always nice to hear about all these neat things. Julian, I'm impressed with your phone. I tell you, that's amazing. Um, Where do I start? Well, before I tell you about the iPhone, a little bit about how, how long I've been involved with technology. I built my first computer in July of 1977. This is before Apple was a household word. This is before the PC was even a de facto standard. Um, this was a Heathkit computer. You get a box full of parts and a roll of a solder, a soldering gun, and a big old sheet of paper that's a blueprint on how to put it all together. And if you put it together right, you had a computer with a whopping 2K of memory. Awesome! But guess what? When you're a blink like me, who's blind, how do you get information out of it? We used a technique called screen dumping. You guys know that today, screen printing. And I used to have an old voltrax that I modified to hook up into the system to give us a speech. So every time I wanted to know what was on the screen, I had to do a screen dump, which was kind of archaic. But, <clears throat> hey, it got me prepared to go to work into aerospace as a blind engineer and do a lot of stuff that I did in the area of navigation systems and software development. So... That's a little bit about me. Now, let's talk about the iPhone. Why the iPhone? Well, my thing has always been get something that's going to be self-contained, self-supported, and self-driven. By that, I mean if I have a regular phone, whether it be the uh, Q9C, which I also have right next to the iPhone, if you look at them both, any sighted person would say the Q9C is blind accessible because it's got tactile buttons, and it talks. Yeah, so, well, the iPhone has got a few buttons, four of, four of them to to be exact, and that's it. The rest of it is just a flat, dumb screen with lots of beautiful-looking information. However, it's got voiceover technology built in from Apple. Apple's idea was this. They wanted to take their concept of universal access and import it into their products and make it uniform across the board so that when person X and I go to the store, we can use adaptive technology or regular technology in the same device. In other words, there's no such thing as that shelf is for the blind and this shelf is for the sighted. You go grab the same tool, whether it be a laptop or an iPhone or an iTouch and Go in, activate accessibility, turn on universal access, and you're done. You have speech. I use the iPhone. Um, <clears throat> I spend a great deal of time. I, I kind of enjoy having access to all this technology. I like seeing what it can offer, and I'm always looking for something better than what technology can offer us. And sometimes, you know, there's this thing about technology not, having, not being there yet for us. However, with this uh, touch technology that Apple has introduced, this gesture technology, um, <clears throat> a lot of things are happening. Unfortunately, I don't have the, uh, the uh, Droid phone from Verizon yet. It's on its way to my house. I thought I would have it yesterday, but I didn't get it. So I'm going to have a phone that's similar to the iPhone in functionality without any buttons. That screen is just plain flat. It's got pull a pull-out keyboard underneath, but that's okay. I'm, not, I'm more interested in just... Working the way I've been working with the iPhone. Now, what makes the iPhone so easy for me? Well, if I have this thing plugged in correctly, let's find out if I did something right here.
4: 10.05. Unlock. Button. Unlock. Settings. Double okay. tap to open. Calculator. Weather. Weather. Alert. Select a Wi-Fi network. Influx underscore meeting.
8: Let's see if we can find a a
4: website here. Influx underscore meeting. Influx underscore meeting. Weather. Arlita. Los Angeles. Hi. Wi-Fi hotspot authentication.
8: Back. Button. Image. For back. Button. Image. This phone gives me the functionality to do everything that I need. And the reason why I like this phone, I I work with all sorts of different platforms, whether it be Windows, whether it be um, Leopard with Apple, or... In the Unix world, I use a Linux machine nowadays to talk to the Unix servers Voice if I memos. Need to. But the thing open. that I like about the iPhone, which makes it a good choice for me, is that I feel right at home. If I, if I need Double to use to applications open. like I have on my PC, on my, on my uh, iBook, and I do have my iBook with me, I can use the same features or same applications if I'm on the road and I forget to take my laptop and I need to check my email. iPod, Safari, Mail. I got mail. Double
4: phone.
8: I have a 21 phone 21 new items. Settings. I setting. voice memos. Voice memos. YouTube. See, I have Double YouTube here. Open. I can go to YouTube. And if, I, if I'm at the airport, and sometimes I get so bored that I need to go do something. So I go and check out what the funniest flicks they have on YouTube, just for the fun of it. And before I know it, I have a, an audience behind me looking at this stupid little screen when I'm listening to it and people are looking at it. And it drives me nuts. I still haven't figured out why is said the people love to strain their eyes looking at a dumb screen like this. But anyway, that's their they're doing. <laughs> so, but the thing is, Calc- this, this phone has got, let me see, stocks. I can go Double check the stock to market. Open. Photos. I can, Double to open. Now, this is one feature that I really like about this phone. This iPhone has got one of the neatest cameras. And the reason why I say that is because one of the things that I found very useful is when I'm walking down the street, and if you're visually impaired and can't see, you're almost total like me. And your kid smacks a car because it's parked across the driveway. Take a picture of that license plate, send it to a parking enforcement so they can get a ticket. And you know what? I have done that. I've made friends with a a parking enforcement officer in my area. And so one time I forwarded like 25 pictures. She says, you did my work for a month. But she took care of problems. She sent those people a ticket because what I've done is I take a picture, and the iPhone tells me when I'm in focus or out of focus, I take the picture, I send it to her, and she takes care of sending a ticket. Okay? So now, here are the things that, that, uh, that I find very useful. The ability to have a calendar, the ability to be able to check my email, and, the, and of course, most of all, being able to receive text messages when I need to reply to something. That's what makes this phone very accessible for me. Do I have a, do I have a choice of using this one or, or the uh, Q9C? I have either one. But when I'm traveling outside of the city, I'm using the, the iPhone more and more. And I find it to be very useful. I, I won't tell you. What the best phone is, I can only show you what works for me and hope that you can see how much functionality this thing uses. And the good thing about it is anytime you need to do any upgrades of any kind or Apple does any upgrades to the operating system, your voiceover accessibility gets updated. and You don't have to worry about compatibility issues because it's built right into the system from the ground up. So my recommendation to you is take a look at it. I'll be around to answer questions about it. And if you want to play with the iPod feature of it, I have plenty of music in here also. If you have any questions, now this is very important. If you have any questions regarding the iPhone or anything you want to ask me about technology-wise, if I can help you, I'll be more than happy to. Please send me an email to lherrera, L-H-E-R-R-E-R-A, at G-T-E. That's the old telephone company, General Telephone, and .net. And uh, just on the subject, please put something related to this symposium, and I will make sure that I go through it because I get plenty of email, and sometimes I just don't have time to go through all the email unless it catches my attention. So if you have any questions, as I said, it's lherrera, L H E R R E R A, at gte.net. Great, thank you.
1: And don't send Louis any kind of virus or spam because he'll catch you. He'll catch you. He's good enough to do that. But yes, the iPhone has truly been something that has really helped so many of our partially sighted and, and blind patients. It has a built-in magnifier, has in the boy, uh, voice-over speech, and something else that I learned is that if you purchase it at the Apple store and you pay ninety-nine dollars, they will actually give you fifty-two weeks of lessons. So if you needed some help with learning to use that, or if you're buying a MacBook computer or an iMac. And for $99, you want to talk to the manager and find out which of the teachers actually understands the accessibility features. And you can have these classes for $99, one hour class once a week for 52 weeks. So it's really uh, a very, very good deal. Our next speaker today is a gentleman who is also a computer expert. And his previous job was where he managed hundreds of computers as a network consultant, and these were all PC computers. But for his home life, he has actually used and made the switch over to the Mac. So Mr. Mark Gerberich is going to talk about his opinions and what he has found to be so helpful for him in using the Mac computers. Mark?
9: It's a little uh, anticlimactic. It's all of a sudden they've told my whole speech on Mac. So not really, but, um, we're looking at, uh, the difference between PC and Mac. And, um, like, uh, Dr. Bill said, um, I've spent 15 plus years dealing with, uh, PCs in the last five to 10 years, uh, with things like magic and zoom text and, this sort of thing and dealing with the um, version upgrades okay uh, Windows comes up with a different version uh, all of a sudden zoom text and magic doesn't work and you got to get an upgrade and so there's all sorts of fun stuff going on here what I like best about the Mac and the operating system is two features one called zoom which is the Magic and the Zoom text style thing, and the other one is VoiceOver, as you've heard. And um, the wonderful thing that I found about it is, when the software goes up a notch in versions and capabilities, so does voicemail or uh, VoiceOver and Zoom. You don't have the compatibility issues. Um, the one little drawback is it's more fine-tuned to Apple products. So um, some versions of software may not work 100% as well. But um, with ZoomText, not ZoomText, with Zoom and VoiceOver, um, I just whip through it. I use a MacBook Pro, which is the laptop version. They have a the lower end laptop as well, but it all it's all works the same. Um, the other feature about it I like the best is the touchpad that's on the um, laptop. And a lot of people go, don't like the laptop. Nobody in my family likes it, but me. Uh, this one is a touch-sensitive. It knows when you have one, two, three, or four fingers on the touchpad. And each, each different number of fingers uh, tells it a different thing that you want to do. Um, for example, if I want to zoom in or zoom out, uh, it's a two-finger scroll up and down on the touchpad. If I just want to move up and down a page, it's a single finger. Um, with the latest version of voiceover they've uh, taken it to a whole new level Uh, you've got turns and twists it's a one touch computer at that point you can move around the screen it'll read exactly what you're seeing what you're looking at it's just marvelous it's basically the same technology Um, the finger touch um, I can't think of the name of what they call yeah the the one touch technology uh, it 's the same thing that uh, the iPhone has or the um, iPod touch so it 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 's really neat. Um, the other thing that I like about Mac is and this isn 't totally unique to Mac anymore um, being that i t guy that was always crawling under desks, unplugging computers, uh, pulling them out, doing all sorts of things, and then putting other ones back and plugging in all the peripherals. uh, It's a daunting task at times. And um, if you like that sort of thing, Mac has just the thing. It's called a Mac Pro. It's a full desktop and you've got to plug everything in in the back the same way. you're not so adventuresome, they've got a Mac Mini, which, okay, all you got to really do is plug in the monitor. Um, then you get to the iMac. And uh, now, I know Dell has um, products like this, HP does, uh, you know, all the major computer people have. It's all built into one device um, the only thing you really need to plug into with the newest uh, iMac is your printer. And, heck, if that's a wireless printer, you don't even have to do that. Uh, keyboard and mouse are both um, wireless, and it's just really easy for somebody who visually impaired or blind. It's You can move it around. You don't have to call the next-door neighbor to say, come and help. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with the, the Mac. It just makes things a little easier. And the newest toy that I've noticed that came out with the, uh, iMac is what's, what they call the magic mouse. Now I remember, oh, about a year or two ago, uh, Sue Sweetman came to my office. She probably doesn't remember, but, um, she was smacking my hand, trying to get me to get my hand off of the mouse. She kept telling me, stop grabbing the rodent. And, um, and um, I've gotten better, by the way. Um, but nowadays, uh, like I said, I love the touchpad. Apple has incorporated the touchpad on top of the mouse. So it's still a point-and-click, but you can also use your fingers, one, two, three, or four fingers, and it just makes accessibility that much simpler. Okay, and that's pretty much it. Thank you. And if you have any questions, I'm here for the duration today, and um, email would be mgerberic. Now, gerberic is spelled like the baby food and then how it tastes. G-E-R-B-E-R-I-C-K So put an M in front of that and you got it. So it's mgerberic at hotmail.com
1: So, Sue, do you remember this guy? Were you slapping him all around that day? (laughs) Yeah, it's right here. No, but that's something we found at the Center for the Partially Sighted. Our patients, really, we have more and more patients who are choosing the MAC if you are partially sighted, and especially if your doctor tells you that your visual condition is something that would be more of a stable type. If you have albinism, if you have Stargardt's disease, you got dry macular degeneration, these are conditions that could be stable. And for many people, even though the Macintosh computer might be about $1,000, you could buy a 21.5-inch iMac for about $11.99, but on the other hand, for a lot of people it makes sense because they don't have to purchase a screen magnifier or a screen reader. And again, it's something that even my mom; she just plugged it in and it and it works. So, the nine-hour battery life that sometimes that people could get on the notebook computer is also a real help. So, another type of thing that's very very important are these screen readers. Uh, For many people who are students, how many of you are students or you work for the school district? Clap your hands, please. It's great. Great. Thanks for coming on your uh, only day off, so to speak. But a program that has really been very, very helpful for many is System Access. And the person who I would say helped me out the most with becoming a tech nerd is this gentleman. It's Mr. Keith Christian. He's a teacher for the visually impaired And at one time, he was my patient. I was the one taking care of him. And when he found out that I was losing my sight, I was actually at an open house. My daughter went to the same school that he was teaching at. And I just said, hey, let's go visit Mr. Christian. We went into his room, and he had these kids, these visually impaired kids. He had them watering plants. He had them doing woodworking. He even had a little band in the back there where (laughs) these kids were doing rock and roll. And he grabbed him by my arm and says, hey, you know what? You just got to learn this stuff now. I'm coming over. So he came over and he got me started using JAWS and all this other technology. And I'll forever be grateful to Keith and his wife, Diane, and his family for, you know, all the support they gave me. So Keith Christian,
10: teacher for the visually impaired. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's um, quite an honor, actually, to be here with these people up here who I consider to be experts in the field in technology, and they're on the cutting edge, and, and uh, I, I do appreciate uh, um, them allowing me to be here, and uh, I, I, I always feel very honored to be around people such as Dr. Bill and these people up here, and, and I thank you for coming out as well, spending your day sharing some time with us. Sometimes the best in technology comes with a huge price tag, and it leaves us consumers sometimes um, struggling with ways to figure out how to pay for them. Sometimes we have agencies that help, such as the Dr. Bill Foundation or Rehab or other uh, grants and scholarships to help fund some of these assisted technologies. It's uh, not very often that we get technologies that are available that are uh, affordable. And what I want to talk to you today about is system access and they call it the Keys for K 12 program. And it's free for students as well as their teachers. System Access is a screen reading program as well as a, a uh, screen enlargement program combined into one product. So it's similar to having, say, JAWS for Windows with Magic or uh, Window Eyes with, uh, say, Zoom Text. It's a, it works well together, it's one product. Serotech uh, is the company who uh, makes the product. It's S-E-R-O-T-E-K, and you can find them at www.cerotech.com. Their mission is to provide uh, affordable technology and, and get it in people's hands and getting them using it so they can use uh, basically any computer at any time, which is a noble cause I fully support. I am a teacher of the blind and visually impaired. I've worked with students in college, high school, junior high, and I'm currently working in an elementary school setting where I work with uh, kids from kindergarten through sixth grade. I'm fortunate to work with these kids and teaching them technology. Um, I prepare them for their academic studies as well as the use of technology. I would say, to, to say the least, it's pretty awesome to put a kid on a computer or give them a jump drive, plug it into a computer and have screen system access pop up and give instant feedback to keystrokes that they press. Um, I I have a kindergartner who just loves to press buttons. (laughs) And uh, it's amazing to see kids um, press those buttons and get instant feedback encouraging them to want to press more. And Pretty soon, they're learning where the home row is, where the keys are above and below. They're starting to learn in first grade how to type those high-frequency words and put them in short sentences. And by second grade, they're able to write sentences and save them in word processors and so on. They start out pretty simple, but providing access with with, uh, a screen reader, and screen readers can give voice output as well as uh, Braille support. So uh, we can have both. So one thing, it's sort of like the screen reader is the gateway. (laughs) Um, I think uh, it's pretty amazing to see kids get so excited about using technology it powers them. Cerotech has a four pay version of uh, system access. It costs $500. And you get three installations. Two on PCs. So you can have one installation at home, one at work. And then the third one is on a jump drive. And you can use that mobile version to plug into any computer that has internet access. And you can connect to those computers at home or work. And it's like you're at that terminal. So you can just log in remotely and gain access remotely to your computer. You can do your email. You can uh, um, copy files from your computer at work or home to wherever you are. Like if I was sitting here and I had a computer that had uh, Wi-Fi, I could actually copy it, you know, to my computer in front of me, pretty amazing stuff. I don't have it yet, but it's one of those tools that I'm looking forward to putting in my toolbox. Um, another unique feature of Cerotech, uh, the the system access, is that they have um, no SMAs. There's no software maintenance agreements. You get free upgrades. So as long as you continue supporting the product, it's it's free for all the upgrades. But I'm here to talk to you a little more about the, uh, the, the keys for K12, and it's an amazing product because you install it on a jump drive, and um, it comes with the DeckTalk voices, which I'm comfortable with. grew up using them, but for a couple dollars, I think it's $25, you can buy the Eloquence voice, and for, I don't remember how much the uh, Neo Speech voices are, but they are really nice, you can buy Neo Speech voices. Um, so it's so system access combines a screener with magnification the magnification portion is really nice it works it it, um, it works seamlessly with it so basically you can increase the uh, fonts or the uh, screen magnification up to 6x by using the numeric keypad you hold down your thumb on the insert key hit the plus key to increase the font size or the size of the the uh, increase the magnification by small increments. To, to decrease it, you hold down the insert key and press the minus key. Okay. okay. Uh, it also has reverse video, which um, it, a lot of my students like because you put the white lettering on the black background. Um, you can change the voice rate, speed, and pitch, as well as punctuation that's announced. I like to teach kids how to use uh, the system access at school they're going they're doing their work on the computer then they're taking that jump drive um, to their classrooms and using it in their classrooms an example would be that we would do say a presentation typed up in a word processor copy that document to say Duxbury paste it into there have them translate it Braille it up and then they would be able to uh, take that document and read it in front of a microphone connected to their computer using Gold Wave or Studio Recorder and be able to incorporate all of those three elements into a PowerPoint presentation like their peers are doing in the classrooms. So they can incorporate the text, they can narrate it, they can incorporate um, different transitions and so on like their peers are doing. They just walk into class, plug in the jump drive, and uh, do the same things that their peers are doing just a little bit differently. Works great with email, Skype as well. The Internet, um, it works well with Internet Explorer and Skype. Uh, you have your, you have the ability to navigate by a variety of elements, headings, and so on, like you do with JAWS. If you want to give this product a try, uh, you can try out an online version at uh, www.satogo.com. That'd be s a t o g o.com. And you can give it a try. And as long as you're connected to the Internet and uh, you leave Internet Explorer open, you can use it as though uh, you have a, a full-featured uh, product of system access. I think that system access opens a key, is a key to uh, opening the doors of opportunity for our students today and their future. Thank you. If you have any questions you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at KeithChristian at Roadrunner.com.
1: Thank you, Keith. Yes, and or if you just have homework problems. If you have kids and don't know how to do the problem, call up Keith and he'll, he'll help you. He's always there. And if you also want to know how to brew your own beer, that's the man, Keith Christian. That's why he always gets teacher of the year, you know. <laughs> For this year, too, there has also been some really, really major changes in the field of optical character recognition, recognition scanning, where you could scan text and have it read aloud. You could actually have it scanned and displayed on your computer monitor. And to talk about the, the best in tech in this area, in her opinion, we have Ms. Stephanie Rood. Uh, Stephanie, she's an instructor at the Davidson Center of Independent Living at the Junior Blind of America, and she really does a great job. I think it's on the fourth Saturday of the month. Uh, she and Louie, they, they and Bob, they hold a technology type of uh, meeting, sort of like a, a brainiac type of discussion of the latest in technology. So, if you're ever interested in attending some of these really, really great meetings, they're over here in Culver City at the Junior Blind of America. And you could contact Stephanie at srood, R O O D, at juniorblind.org. So Stephanie's going to talk to us about some of the ABIC products. Stephanie.
11: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's nice to see you all out here. The ABIC product line was founded because the Resnick family had a friend who needed help with trying to read things, and they, one of the, one of, uh, Leon said, "Well, let me see what I can do," and he, he, um, used. Security camera technology to basically kind of come up with the concept of the first product, which is the ZoomX product, which was a scan and read portable device that hooks up into your laptop, your desktop, and it would scan and read, and it also act as a CCTV. And that was uh, first launched in, 2000, in 2006, um, which would scan and read an item within 20 to 60 seconds and put it up on the screen and show it in either regular image format or in a text-wrapping format. In other words, there was no XY table needed. You could change the color of the font. You could change the size of the font, and it would read to you without any need for manipulation of the text. In 2007, ZoomTwix was born, which is a combination of a scan-and-read like um, ZoomX, because it has the ZoomX camera, But they added what they call a frog camera, which is a secondary camera for distance. And also you can use it for close-up for doing CCTV-type work like writing. This is very useful for somebody who's a student or who's in a business situation where they have to go to meetings, and you either need to read the blackboard or you want to capture that PowerPoint presentation where you can focus in on that item and with a single key stroke capture that item and save it on your computer for later review. You can also uh, was also developed at the um, book capture, in other words, being able to scan a whole book and save it to your computer and then instantly later be able to go directly to a specific page and start reading. I can tell you in my classroom at Junior blind, I had one student this past year who was a fanatically book reader. Um, she was a low vision individual before she came through our program, but she had lost quite a bit of vision and was basically considered total at this point and She still wanted to read lots of books, but NLS was slow in getting out what she wanted to read. So I said, well, do you want to learn Kurzweil? Do you want to learn iPal? What would you like to learn? And she says, I want to learn them both. But it turned out that by the time she left, she used iPal to scan about six books. One day she came in with a 300-page book. Our classes are, on average, about an hour and 15 minutes to an hour 20 minutes long. She scanned the book, converted it to text, Put it, transferred it to her SD card, put it on her Victor Stream, and walked out reading her book. So, you know, to be able to say I, I can scan a 300-page book and have it ready in an hour, hour and a half is amazing today compared to what it used to be. When I went through school, it, it was, I had open book. I would come home at night, put everything on the scanner, scan it, go to bed and let it process overnight. Get up in the morning, read my work, go, go to work and then go to class and then do this all over again the very next night. Long tedious process and now it's just like instantaneous. In 2008 is when iPal itself came out. It was a product meant specifically for the totally blind individual who wanted to just scan and read and the scan time had improved. To be able to take the picture and scan and read within three to, five, three to six seconds, you had the scan material up on the, up on the screen. Basically, this made a world of difference to the totally blind to be able to come home, take their mail, go scan through all their junk mail, their letters, their everything. And the accuracy was much better. In 2009, the um, accuracy and the speed of the iPal was incorporated to the ZoomTwix and the ZoomX products. In 2009, at the CSUN conference, they unveiled... Their most recent product, which is a standalone scan scan-and-read product, which is mainly, I think, originally aimed at the senior population or people who are not technically inclined. You don't need to have to to connect it to a computer. You don't need to know anything about computers. You turn on the device. Restarting. Please place your document.
4: Gourmet sandwiches and salads. All sandwiches include a SID Asterisk item, garden salad, Caesar salad, pasta salad, potato salad, BBQ beef brisket sandwich, BBQ beef brisket cheddar cheese, chipotle mayo onion crisps and avocados, BBQ chicken sandwich set.
11: What I just did is I used gesture technology to stop it from scanning. I took my hand and I went from left to right and it stopped the scan. I didn't touch any buttons, I didn't use any computer. If I want to start it up again, I'm going to go...
4: 7.4 BBQ Chicken, Cheddar camera. Cheese, Smoked Bacon, Onion Crisp, and Ogarden Vegetable Sandwich.
11: And once again, I just waved my hand from left to right, and I stopped it. What if I want to go backwards? I can go backwards by using... going from right to left.
4: Well. Garden Vegetable Sandwich, 4 BBQ Chicken, BBQ Beef Brisket Sandwich, BBQ... Garden salad, Caesar salad, pasta salad, potato salad.
11: So you get an idea how quick and how easy that can be done, and the product is not—it's about the size uh, of a dictionary as far as the the platform, and it houses a small atom-based computer inside, and then the um, upgrades come on a CF card or a uh, compact flash card. And I've had, at work, I put, place this, this um, device next to the printer so that when many of my students get something off the printer and maybe two or three people have printed and they don't know whose is whose, all they have to do is place the item on the iPal and it reads and they say, oh, this isn't mine, this is yours. And so they actually know that they've got their own work and they can turn their own work in or go check it and read it elsewhere with whatever other device we happen to have in our lab so this is something that has their products now span from the student who needs to go to the library, who can pick up a net, take the netbook, fold up their iPal or their iTwix or their X, go to the library, go to the, let's say let you have a document that you have to read, but it's in the reserve room, so it can't leave the library. You re- scan it, save it, you walk out of the library, you have that reserve book with you. So there's some very good advantages. Let me see here. I wanted to show one thing for, I know that there's some resource teachers and other people out there that are sighted. Um, Let me see if I can make this. I'm going to now make a bunch more noise. Sorry.
1: And while Stephanie's setting that up, just want to uh, make a a little announcement. Uh, Your low vision store, which is on your right, Andy Cratter, John Delaney, and Aaron Gasson, they have the ABIC products, and they have a special with the purchase of any one of these products, uh, the Zoom. Zoom Frog Camera. With the Zoom X, the Zoom Twix, and the iPad, all of those that do connect to a computer, they have a promotion where you do get a free netbook computer. So those of you who are looking for a, a nice Christmas present, maybe you want to get a Christmas present of an iPad to somebody but then keep the netbook for yourself, right? (laughs) Okay, you ready, Stephanie?
11: Okay, I've switched to the Zoom Frog camera. In the back, above the center light, there's an exit sign. To me, from here, all I see is green. I don't see anything else. But for those of you, can the exit sign fills the whole netbook screen. Can you imagine if that was the blackboard or a PowerPoint presentation? i would be able to see the details i would have i didn't get this device myself i think it moved on me it's a little hard for me to do it backwards and upside down but i wished i'd had this product i didn't get it till after i'd been through the assistive technology application certification class where the whole thing was done as a powerpoint presentation for 2 days and i couldn't i could see that there were the powerpoint was up there but i couldn't see all the details okay it's hard to talk and do two things at once. Sorry. What I, the ABIC line of products brings the world not only to students, professionals, homemakers, seniors. There's a device there for somebody that will work for them. I encourage you to go by, try it out, and see what it is that might work for you or your clients. Each person is an individual. Each person learns differently. Each person has their deficits and their assets. Keep those things in mind, and you'll make a a choice that will suit you and a choice that will help you read stuff that you didn't think you could read before and read quickly. I thank you very much. And, um, Dr. Bill, you're correct. Our assistive technology users group does meet on the fourth Saturday of every month except for December. It looks like we're having our uh, end-of-the-year gathering on the 12th. But in January, we'll start up again on the fourth Saturday of each month unless otherwise noted. And any of the vendors who may be interested in participating as a presenter, feel free to come, drop by, and give me or Louie a contact, and we'll get in touch with you. Almost all the products that have been mentioned here on the, on the panel so far, we have had in one way or another at one of our assistive technology user group meetings, and that lasts from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on average. We've had the iPhone, and in that... Conversation We also did a little bit about the uh, Apple computer products. We also have done GPS, we have done note takers, we have done Serotech, we have done the ABIC products, we have done Zoom Text, we have done the Victor Reader Stream. And yes, Ken?
9: No, so we did study.
11: That was way back when, yeah, we did Skype way back when. Thank you very much, and you can reach me at srood at juniorblind.org.
1: And I know we have a few college students in here today, and uh, some of the college students had asked, you know, how can I become an expert in the area of assistive technology? Well, you should come and speak to Stephanie, because she could tell you about how you could become certified. Well, you know, technology has not only just been for products for people who are blind or partially sighted, but... Uh, We also know that there's a lot of changes in technology in the magnification world with using hand magnifiers and stand magnifiers. There are now magnifiers that have a very, very bright light where people typically could not read are now able to read with a very affordable magnifier. These magnifiers, they have an LED light, so they last much longer. The bulbs do not need to be replaced. The optics are great. And we have magnification all the way from 2X all the way to 14X. So, in the back, the Center for the Parsi Sighted is offering a special where there is going to be a discount on these magnifiers for holiday gifts. And also, they're going to be raffling off a low vision and adaptive technology evaluation. So, anybody who is partially sighted who has not had a low vision evaluation, you might want to go to the back and go ahead and fill out for that raffle. Our next speaker is the Director of Assistive Technology for the Center for the Parsi Sighted. This is uh, Dr. Brett Nagatani, and he is truly one of the best in the field of low vision with respect to optometric low vision. He's going to tell you about some of the more popular types of portable video magnifiers that the patients at the Center for the Parsi Sighted choose, as well as some of the distance and near-focusing video magnifiers. And after Dr. Nagatani speaks, uh, Enhanced Vision has generously donated two portable video magnifiers, the Pebble. And what we're going to later do is, after Dr. Nagatani, we're going to ask NFB to bring back the uh, postcards or the index cards of all the people. I mean, we're so, so pleased. We had over 200 people who RSVP'd for this event today. I don't know how many people actually are here today, but uh, this is really a great turnout for our first event. So, Dr. Brett Nagatani.
12: Thank you very much for uh, having me speak. Um, I'd like to thank Dr. Bill and also like to thank Louie for taking pictures of my car and getting all those parking tickets sent to my house. Thank you for that. But... um, uh, just to let everyone know I'm the second to last speaker, I know a lot of you are uh, eyeing all the different devices on the walls, everyone's anxious about to go and try it out themselves and uh, that'll be pretty soon. Um, so about myself, I'm Dr. Nagatani, I've been working as a low vision optometrist for the Center for the Parsley Sighted for the past three and a half years. Uh, I love working with everyone there, everyone's very caring and I, I love uh, basically what we do there. Um, Now, what I'm going to talk about is the different models of CCTVs, and there's been a lot of advancements. And first of all, before we even get into CCTVs, usually we start off by doing a low vision evaluation. So we'll sit down, we'll get a a good case history. Number one, the first thing that's important, we want to find out exactly what eye condition the patient has. So, of course, different eye conditions can affect uh, different parts of your, your vision, and we want to know based on that we can kind of assist you to figure out which devices might be better for you than others. Um, The other thing of course we want to make sure the patient has their best glasses. We can make specialized glasses to help focusing if they are using a CCTV. We can make uh, glasses that focus a little bit farther out for if they're using a portable CCTV. Um, And like Dr. Bill already mentioned you know there's a wide variety of magnifiers and I encourage you to take a look at the back there. Now, there are a a specific subset of patients where, you know, they do respond to the strong glasses, they do respond to the magnifiers, but, you know, after maybe 20 minutes of reading, they they find, you know what, my eyes are just so tired, or I have a patient who had... um, Aniridia, a condition where he didn't have the iris in his in his eyes, and you know he's very sensitive to bright light. So he can read with a magnifier, but after maybe two minutes, he gets tired. So the closed circuit televisions, basically, the premise of it is there's a little camera. You can put your reading document straight underneath, and it'll project the image enlarged onto a big screen. Now, when CCTVs first came out, you know they used to have the big uh, CRT monitors, but now as time has evolved, uh, especially in 2009, you're going to see a lot more of the sleeker, the slimmer, the more sexy-looking CCTVs with the LCD screens, like you can see all around in the perimeter that everyone has set up here. Um, when I when I think of about CCTVs, the way I like to think about it is, it's almost like buying a car. So, you know, just because. So you, you can think of it, okay, what do I like? Do I like my Lexus? Do I like my BMW? Do I like my Mercedes? And notice how I didn't mention any Pintos because Dr. Bill was nice enough to invite all of the vendors from some of the strongest c- companies out here. Um, we know that all the people here, they provide excellent support and service. So, you know, after we all finish talking, I want you to definitely take advantage, do hands-on demonstrations. That's why we invited everyone here to take a look exactly what works for you. Um, what might work for me, what might work for Mr. Smith, might not work for Mr. Jones. There, there's little features about every, every type of device, and like Dr. Bill already mentioned also, you know, there's not one best model for, for everyone. What works for one person might not work for another person. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, you know, everyone here, they're very passionate, so we'll definitely take advantage of that. So having said that, uh, I'm going to move on to some of the, the newest Of 2009. Now, in 2009, we have seen uh, a large advancements of the screens. So, like I mentioned, you know, a lot of the screens are a lot slimmer now. Uh, The CCTVs are now available in 22-inch size monitors, and the advantage of having a larger monitor, obviously, you could get a wider field of view. Field of view. So, maybe instead of seeing five words in the in the column, you can get the whole the whole column in there. When I look around, I see so many different models, and I'm going to just kind of do a real brief snippet on what my patients report to me. So when I look to my left, I see uh, Enhanced Vision. They have their Merlin. That's been one of the most popular models that we have. Uh, That one's available in a 17, 19, 22 inch. Um, What my patients report to me is that they really like that one because it's very simple looking. It's easy to use, not too many buttons. There's great contrast. And there's a little slide underneath to easily adjust the brightness. Uh, I also see uh, a Freedom Scientific Topaz on the various tables. Uh, Those are also very excellent. They've made a a lot of adjustments within the past few years. Um, My patients report to me that one particular is great for writing. They have a focus lock button on there, so that way, uh, when you're writing, the camera doesn't focus on your pen and back on the paper. Uh, there's also a large area between the camera and the what's called the XY table, so you can easily write. And they also have different color buttons for those people who can appreciate that. And also a really easy-to-use brightness control knob. Um, over on the back over there, I see uh, they have the Optelec Clearview G2, and this is one of the newest ones that have come out. And some of the, the most recent advantages of this one are that the screen, it actually telescopes. So a lot of our patients found this advantageous because now you can grab the screen and actually bring it up closer to your eyes. So that's been something that's been very nice. And another nice feature that they've added on this particular model is you can actually, let's say if you're an accountant or you work with a lot of PowerPoint or spreadsheets and you need a longer vertical column, you could actually flip the screen up vertically and get a longer vertical column. That's something that's pretty unique on that system. And uh, when I look over to my right, I see uh, the human wear. They have their Synergy. It's uh, one of their newest models. It's very sleek looking. And one one thing that I found nice about this one is the, the optics are very clear. And they are actually have two different models. So both models cost the same price, but you can get it with a basic or an advanced panel on it. And the basic panel, that might be for someone who's a little bit older, doesn't want all the fancy bells and whistles. Or for the same price, you could get that advanced panel. And that advanced panel, you can also have what's called lines and blinds on there. So that way you could keep, play, keep your place when you're uh, reading. So like I said, I encourage you to take a look at all the different types of models that are available out there. And there's not one that's going to be perfect for everybody. But I think if you do a hands-on demonstration, you're going to find the one that's right for you. Um, I do have a few minutes left, so I'm going to get into some of the the other classes of assistive technology. So most recently, you know, there are a lot of uh, models for closed-circuit televisions that can now focus for not only for up close, but also for distance. So some of the ones I'm going to mention right now um, that have been most popular from my patients have been the the Freedom Scientific. They have um, their Topaz system. And this one has been very nice uh, because it has very clear optics. They just came out with a uh, version called the the XL, where the camera is actually in front. Um, There's also another company called Enhanced Vision, and they have their model called the Acrobat. And this one has also been very popular. And I actually got an email yesterday from uh, Optilec, and they actually just came out with their own Distance and near I believe it 's called the multi view and I think I see that back there, so um, those are three of the mo- more popular systems um, like i said there 's a wide variety out there. Um, moving on to some of the the near systems now, sometimes people say, well, you know that 's great, but i, I can 't carry these things all around with me. I want to be able to take it on the airplane. I travel a lot so uh, recently, you know, there's been a, a a huge, huge amount of of portable CCTVs. So, these have been very popular because, like I said, you know, what CCTVs or portable CCTVs can do is they can in, not only increase the size, they can change the contrast, and they can also give you a wider field of view. So, um, some of the most popular ones are. The Pebble and the Ruby and the OptiLet Compact Plus, these are ones that have the feel of a traditional handheld magnifier, except they're actually CCTVs and they can change contrast. Um, There's also other models. Some of the larger ones are the Amigo and the Sapphire. And going the other way, you know, they've come out with ones now that they're so small that you can have like a 2-inch screen carry it around easily in your pocket, and some of the most recent ones are the Compact Mini and also the HumanWare SmartView wear, uh, smart Nano. So like I said, you know, unfortunately I don't have a lot of time to get into the details of all of them, but that's why we have all of our vendors here, and hopefully you can go around and do hands-on demonstrations of all of these uh, items and really meet all these people who are here to really help you. Thank you. Oh. you. Uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, uh please feel free to email me. My email address is B Nagatani. That's B N A G A T A N I one Nine Eight Zero at Gmail dot B Nagatani nineteen eighty at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you very much. Can you believe that? He's born in nineteen eighty. These guys are so young nowadays. <laughs>